Welcome to St. Louis on the Air. I'm Sarah Fenske. Let's talk about the Paris Agreement on Greenhouse Gas Emissions. Specifically, let's talk about how it could affect us, not 20 years down the road, not in terms of projections, but right now. On November 4th, the United States signaled the final step in withdrawing from the Paris Accord. And that's even though, in 2017, the mayors involved with the Mississippi River Cities and Towns Initiative implored the White House not to leave the accord. Their concerns have to do with the competitiveness of our commodity exports. Under the accord, the signatories can set up a tax or penalty to trade with non-signatory nations. The European Union has signaled that they would like to pursue this for nations not signed to the agreement. And that means U.S. commodities could face a price disadvantage in Europe. And the European Union is the Mississippi River Valley's fifth biggest trading partner. Joining us to talk about what this means for our economy here is Colin Wellenkamp. He's the executive director of the Mississippi River Cities and Towns Initiative. Colin, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Good to be here. We're also joined today by Kimswick Mayor Phil Stang. He's the Missouri representative on the Mississippi River Cities and Towns Initiative. Mayor Stang, welcome to the show. Well, good morning. Uh, For those of you listening, have you seen trade tariffs or penalties affecting your business? How are the U.S.'s various trade wars impacting you? You can give us a call at 314-382-8255. That's 382-TALK. Or you can send us a tweet at STL on air or email us at talk at stlpublicradio.org. Now, Mayor Stang, I know you're here because you're worried about this, but help us understand why. What could happen if there's a tax or a penalty on U.S. commodity producers? Well, it's fairly straightforward. We were very disappointed in the pullout from the Paris Accords. Uh, in 2017, the Mayor's Association warned the White House of the, of the negative impacts that we would have. And the other, the other piece of not only the economics that are associated with it, but if you don't have a seat at the table... You can't make any decisions. And the Mississippi River Basin is the biggest commodity developer in the world, and that's a severe impact on the entire Midwest. We're going to be basically trying to play this game at a big disadvantage. Um, talking to Missouri farmers, are they concerned about this? Oh, yes, they are. They're, they're severely impacted by the tariff wars at the moment, and uh, this just adds another negative impact to exactly how they're going to sell their products worldwide. Now, Colin, I know your organization has, as, as we said, they implored the U.S. not to do this. Tell us a little bit about who you all represent. Sure. Um, we are an association of 95 mayors on the Mississippi River in 10 states. Uh, we're mayor-run, mayor-led. Uh, you have to be the mayor of a municipality directly adjacent to the main stem to be a member of our association. And what do you qualify as directly adjacent? Who, who counts on that? Sure, of course. Uh, there can't be any other municipal jurisdiction between your city and the water's edge. You have to literally touch the water. Um, not necessarily. We, we've we got cities like Clarksville or uh, Clarksdale, Mississippi. It's uh, two and a half miles of floodplain between the water's edge and the city's boundary, but there's nothing between Clarksdale and the river. Okay. There are no other jurisdictions. That makes sense. Thank yeah. you for walking me through that. Sure. Now, I know you were involved with traveling with the mayoral, mayoral delegation abroad on four different trips. You went to Paris and Rome, Mexico, and then Germany most recently in 2017. Right. What sense did you get from the countries abroad as to whether they support this kind of tax or penalty on U.S. goods? Well, originally, it the Article 6 of the Paris Accord was, was originally set up, so we're told, in order to help nations use their trade to finance their GHG emission reductions. Those are greenhouse gas 
Correct. Okay. Right. Um, any kind of effort, you could kind of build that into your trade market and help you pay for it at mm-hmm. home. However, um, things have changed. So now it's being uh, propositioned that Article 6 could also be used as a penalty in order to reward signatory countries for climate performance and put a tax or a, you know, a levy on goods coming from non-signatory countries into various trade zones where signatories are trading and, and working together. Okay. So this was first meant to be a carrot. It's kind of turned into a stick here. Uh, yeah. And, and, and that's how it's been sort of propositioned to us. And it's, it's, it's very concerning because, you know, our, our communities have spent years building markets abroad and where the European Union is our fifth largest trading uh, partner, China's our, our third. Mm-hmm. So, so and, you're already being impacted. Right. And China is a signatory. So it, it, it wouldn't affect them, but it would affect us if they decide to go down that road. Mayor Stang, um, what are some of the products specifically that are coming out of, of towns like yours or um, out of other, um, other entities that are part of this area? Well, I think one of the major things you can look to is uh, soybeans in the area in Missouri. Mm-hmm. Um, Kinswick per se is a destination. It's a recreational town. It's a very historic town on the river, but uh, we ha- we are surrounded uh, in that entire area by farms, mm-hmm. and uh, vast majority of it is soybeans. And I imagine that prices are a major factor in where people get their soybeans from. Oh. Absolutely, and that's where they've been already. They've been negatively impacted by the the tariff wars. Additionally, uh, over the past year, we've suffered uh, major flooding, which has really caused uh, you know consternation among the the, the loss of loss of product, uh, loss of availability to the river itself under the floods. And so, with that impact, we certainly don't need to have additional impacts of uh, of penalties provided by this accord. So, so Colin Wellenkamp, what can we do to ensure that our markets abroad remain whole when something like this is looming? Is there anything that can be done? Yeah, if we if we stay out. Incidentally, it's it's free to stay in. You, you can stay in and stay at the at the bargaining table and not do a thing. Yeah, you know, no, not incur any costs at home. Just just be at the bargaining table in order to have a vote mm-hmm. and a say on how these trade agreements are structured through Article 6. But that's, that's basically the value point. But if we're not going to be at the table. Which sounds like the direction the Trump administration is going. Exactly. If, if we're going to be outside the room yeah. and the rest of the countries are going to be inside putting these policies together, what we are hopeful is if we can show that uh, there is still uh, GHG mitigation happening with the product itself that we are trying to trade, and that it is working to meet the spirit of the accord, that that will forestall penalties from being applied. Give me an example of that. You're saying like an individual company would attempt to show that they're doing something about their own greenhouse gas emissions? Uh, companies as well as organizations working on acreage with farmers. Um, and it, and it's we're not just talking about farm products. We're also talking about manufactured chemicals, chemical goods, uh, food, as well as uh, finished metals and, and other bulk commodities. Doesn't have to be, you know, doesn't have to be agricultural commodities, but any of those other commodities, the, the $42 billion worth of commodities that come in and out of Missouri, mm-hmm. uh, eight point, 
one billion of that is ag, but the rest is is various other commodities like chemicals and and metals and 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 bulk goods. Um, any number of those, if if we can show through the the supply chain, mm-hmm. various supply chain actors uh, from from inception to production are are working to reduce uh, GHG emissions, and an essential that. Essentially, that is just better business, mm-hmm. too, because sustainable business is is better business. You, mm-hmm. you make more money over a longer period of time, employing more people, having a more supply, a secure product chain. Um, if we can show that we're meeting the spirit of the accord uh, in that regard through the global commodity supply chain, then uh, we hope that that would forestall action. Okay. How optimistic is that on your part, the idea that, that somebody would want to look at these entities as smaller pieces as opposed to just saying, you're from the U.S., we're slapping this on you? Um, I, I, I would say, uh, and, and, and Mayor Stang is, is an optimist. <laughs> you, you think this could, this this, could be something where in this regard. these individual companies could get a seat at the table or trade associations? Well, or? well it we wouldn't have a seat at the table because yeah. subnational entities don't. That's mm-hmm. just the way the UN works. Um, but um, when we went to Paris in 2015, and then we went to uh, Rome and Mexico, and then most recently, like you said, Germany, there was a there was excitement to work with us. Okay. There there was our our mayors were received very positively, very well. Uh, global commodity supply chain actors, both government and private. We're excited to see the mayor of Davenport and the mayor of St. Gabriel, Louisiana, there on the ground with them in in Germany working on these issues. So I think that's there. But we'll, what will ultimately tell the story is Glasgow in, next November. That's going to be the moment. Okay. So we'll have a much better sense then of whether some of these contingency plans um, have a chance and what the U.S. is going to do as well. Yeah, but it 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 really comes down to what is the work being done on the ground, and that's where it hits Mayor Stang, and that's why the mayors are so critically important here. Mayor Stang, uh, Missouri has sort of a reputation, I guess, of, of overall the rural areas are, are sometimes very conservative, and these might be people that you would expect to see not care about things like greenhouse gas emissions. We're told that's more of an issue that the Democrats are into. Among your fellow mayors of small towns, is there the appetite to really want to be uh, front and center taking this on? Well, I think it's, I think it's the do. Um, not necessarily talking about it, but doing something about it. And we have, uh, for example, the, uh, the mayor who is the chair of Illinois is in, in Grafton, uh, mm-hmm. Rick Everland. And he's a farmer, and they are doing all of the things that farmers should do as we look at the, the, the type of global warming and, and those kinds of issues. Um, no, it's not a popular topic to be standing on the street corner talking about. But if you talk rationally, what is the impact? Uh, I, can t- I can relate the Paris Accords in a different way. Mm-hmm. My, my city is a destination, it's a tourist town. Mm-hmm. We will be getting a, the Delta Queen steamboat will be coming to the city. On that, on that steamboat, somewhere around 67% of the people that ride riverboats are from foreign countries. Mm. We, are, we will have to work overtime to convince them that we are not idiots because we don't believe in the Paris Accords and global warming. And so 
when we reach out, we reach out from the perspective that, that it, it's an international problem. We have to collaborate on those issues. And we, don't, we, we, we look at more of a localized impact rather than something that's esoteric by saying it's global warming and so on. They can, they can, they can bite into what the impact would be in the city of Kimswick, for example. Mm-hmm. Now and, you, oh, oh, I'm sorry. Sorry, go ahead. Uh, uh, just as an example of that, of what the mayor's talking about, uh, we had uh, uh, one of our co-chairs, uh, mayor from Iowa, in uh, New York Climate Week last month, uh, or in September. And uh, one of the things that the you know, the international community said to us, as well as the national community, said, you know, Mayor, uh, the impacts of, of climate risk are, are not out in the future. They're not 10 years away. They're not five years away. They're happening right now to you along the Mississippi River. And what they were talking about was the 2019, 2019 floods, mm-hmm. biggest and longest in U.S. history. And that when you talk about impact and you talk about the dollars and cents that it costs someone in their backyard, that's really where you're going to get movement. It's, this isn't something in the polls. It's not something on the coasts. It's something happening to us right now that we can feel in our pocketbook. And that feeling will get more intense as time goes on unless we address it. And the members of, of your organization, your fellow mayors um, along the Mississippi, they're seeing this. Um, Mayor Stang, this is something where they're observing these changes firsthand? Oh, a- ab- absolutely. And uh, as Colin was saying, this, this year's impact uh, from our flood in Kimswick, it was the second highest flood in history mm-hmm. um, and was, was very expensive to the budget of the city of Kimswick to the point at which we're allocating funds and so on in, uh, in very uh, conservative ways, if you will. The people in Kimswick see it firsthand when you talk about, so you don't have to really explain uh, the issues of flooding and so on because it's right in front of your door. And does that translate in their minds to the need for international action? Or do they still see this as something where they'd like to see local governments take the lead and, and keep the power um, more local as opposed to the U.N. telling them what to do? I, I would I would suspicion that the that local control is what you would be thinking about. So you can relate that. You can relate that to the the building of levees, you can relate that to um, allowing floods, uh, fields to flood, those kind of things on a, on a close local level. Now, if you start talking about uh, a bunch of people in Paris, well, that gets a little out there for them. Mm-hmm. Colin Wellingham, is that hard to, t- to translate sort of these international issues that are affecting your members and their membership um, to what needs to be done on the world stage? Um, not as hard as you'd think, because our, our, our farmers, we have mayors that are full-time farmers. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have mayors that have worked in the global commodity supply chain their whole lives. Uh, mayor Stang spent his career in, in marketing of, of manufacturing uh, before becoming mayor. So, you know, they, they, they get that. And uh, some of these farmers, many of these farmers, they, they have spent a long time developing markets abroad. Mm-hmm. through relationships, through a gradually building of opportunities. And if and that's because the Mississippi River Basin is the largest commodity-producing basin on Earth. We, we can move more product more efficiently at a lower price point than any other nation in the world because of that river. Um, and because of that, 
we have to approach these problems at a global scale because that's who's buying this stuff. Mm -hmm. That's where our markets are. Keep those markets whole. The Mississippi River has to have a seat at the international table. Colin Wellenkamp, Executive Director of the Mississippi Rivers Cities and Towns Initiative. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Glad to do it. And Kimswick Mayor Phil Stang, thank you for joining us today. Thank you. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio, 90.7 KWMU.